Welcome to Rhythm of Previews, where we check out the preview chapters of Rhythm of War, the fourth Stormlight Archive novel. I am Danielle with the 17th Shard. Hi, I'm Avin. Hello. So, of course, Rhythm of War spoilers ahead. We'll dig in with the annotation for chapter 17. <laughs> yeah, so uh, some of you might have been wondering where the annotation even was or could be found because Brandon took a little longer this time to write it. But uh, in true Brandon fashion, he wrote a really long post now and uh, posted it on Monday, um, on like the day before chapter 18 now dropped. And he talked because he wanted to talk about the topic a lot more in depth. And basically, it's the annotation is all about Yasna and her sexuality, and uh, her sexuality in particular. And you can find a link to the annotation as always in the description of the video. And you should definitely go check it out yourself and read it uh, all of it because it's uh, like really informative. But uh, if you don't want to find anything out about uh, like Yasna's sexuality or how she stands on relationships. Uh, just skip ahead a little right now. It's also spotted in the annotations, so if you don't want to know, you can still read it. And anyway, the basic gist of it was, the, or like of that section of the post was that Brandon canonized basically that Yasna is um, asexual but uh, heteroromantic, so that she's not necessarily interested in intimate contact with somebody or like sexual um, relationship with somebody, but she, uh, if she were to be in a relationship, uh, she'd prefer to be with a man, is what that means, basically. And I'm grossly oversimplifying here. Uh, look into those terms if you don't, aren't quite sure about those. But uh, Brian also acknowledged that there, this might disappoint a lot or some people who um, expected her or Yasna to be either homosexual or bisexual. And uh, Brandon did consider writing her as one of those two options but he felt that it didn't feel right for the character to him so he eventually decided to instead go with this for instance he would have felt it to be in disingenuous if um if yasna as a bi character was still in a primary in a character in a relationship with a man with a man is what he would have planned for her and so uh, yeah he didn't want to go for that but he did confirm that there definitely will be LGBTQIA plus characters uh, somewhere in the Stormlight Archive or the Cosmere uh, and or the Cosmere. And it's even going to be some main viewpoint characters. So that's definitely something to look forward to instead. <laughs> when that came out, I was very happy to read it. Um, I've always been in the Yasna's Ace camp. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've always felt that way about her, which is okay for me um it is nice to know that she's going to be in a relationship i mean mm -hmm. it's kind of been a, a given in his spoilery part but um that's something to kind of look forward to to see her and someone else interacting yeah i'm i'm a-okay with this and i yeah. really like that he didn't want to just make one token character and he doesn't want to you know, make a bisexual character be in a relationship, in a hetero relationship, like all of his characters are or anything like that. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a-okay with this. I, I really like that he's taking his time and he's trying to get it right. Yep, definitely. And like, just in general, it's nice to finally have this sort of 
issue resolved because like Brian said himself, people felt it was to be a mystery or stuff like that when it really just didn't want to address it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that this mystery is now finally resolved uh, is just good to have that out of the world and instead of focus on other more important aspects of the character maybe. Yeah. Uh, Sorry to the like, shippers, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can still do whatever yeah, you absolutely. want to shipping. <laughs> That's the beauty of shipping. <laughs> yep. You just ignore everything and do whatever your heart desires. <laughs> All righty. So let's get into this epigraph for chapter 18. Um, the summary of this epigraph is basically the fused weapons are made of a unknown metal that conducts stormlight in conjunction with an empty gemstone. And Navani scholars posit that the gemstone creates an investiture differential, basically like a vacuum to pull in stormlight from a radiant. Yep, that's it's good to know that apparently the metal on the spear is not the same mm-hmm. as the one she talked about last time. I, I mean, a metal contacting stormlight, I feel like, and like how the spear is, I feel, uh, I think it was described as being sort of like a shard, but in that it's not easy to break or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like some god metal shenanigans are going on here and who knows what, what exactly it is, but it's like just really interesting to see a metal conducting stormlight that's mm. i'm not really sure if they don't know what the metal is or if mm. they just didn't mention it in this epigraph not they navani and then we know that it's like a silvery which is why we were thinking oh maybe aluminum because every time we see silvery metal that's not named it's usually <laughs> yeah. to be aluminum so um it's kind of nice because now whenever we see a sort of silvery metal, we can kind of assume that that is this new metal that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose it probably might be a rhasium or odiumium. So, I mean, that like just it would make sense for odium to have access to that, to his own god metal. Um, but could also be something entirely different. Yeah. I mean, it's not a god metal at all. Who knows? Like, it's like... Yeah, it could oh, be some kind of alloy or something. Actually, could it be... Is Chromium are the leeches, I think, mm-hmm. in uh, Alomancy. So maybe it's a Chromium alloy, at least. I don't know like the metallurgic properties of Chromium, but I could see that maybe. Yeah, I don't remember which metals were more silvery than the others. So Mm. I was trying to think of all the different kinds, but yeah, yeah, chrome definitely would work. But I don't think that that's a very strong metal that wouldn't be good for a weapon. Some form of alloy. But yeah, I I mean, also just in general, a metal conducting investiture, that's like, I feel like that's probably going to be Mm -hmm. part of the key to like really creating circuits with Stormlight and, I don't know, using Logic Sprint Fabrials for mm-hmm. doing Logic with them. And like, yeah, definitely going to see more yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah, from a modern standpoint, looking back, be like, yeah, this is not the natural next step. And so it'll be <laughs> yeah. fun to see them like discover that. That'll be fun. Yep. All right, chapter 18 is called Surgeon, a Kaladin chapter. 
So Kaladin um, takes the Oath Gate back to the Shattered Plains. He's flying back to the Fourth Bridge where he meets with all of the refugees. He and his family arrive at the tower later on. It takes an hour for them to get from the Shattered Plains in the Fourth Bridge. And then Kaladin is showing them to their new home that he got for them with the balcony. Kaladin surprises Liren with a fully stocked surgery. And Liren explains to Kaladin that he feels a little useless now because of the Radiance ability to heal. But Kaladin is quick to reassure him that he's still very much a necessary um, person because the Radiants are both few in number and they have limitations to what they can do. And then um, Kaladin finally gets up the willpower to tell his father about his different path in life. and. As he's telling him, Liren kind of jumps up and says, oh, see, I'm right. He says, you finally understand I've been right. You're going to become a surgeon like we always dreamed. And uh, yeah, that's about where it ends. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so finally have confirmation for that uh, little storyline, I guess. It's mm. interesting. Uh, but from the beginning, what I was wondering there, like Kaladin was thinking about um, like it has it has been four weeks since he empty or like retired from the military, and he talks about how Sixil is there, um, the company commander now, and that Teft apparently still doesn't feel comfortable in positions of power, which mm -hmm. I mean it sort of fits his character in general because he's always like this grumpy guy who doesn't want to lead, but it makes me. Yeah, I hope he managed to get over some of his issues with like the fire moss and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. He's not that bad off anymore. Yeah. yeah. I'm wondering if if the bridge for like originals, if their storylines are going to be just little snapshots, but we're not really going to hear very much about them in this book because they're all kind of going in different directions, you know? Hmm. Yeah, maybe he'll do something a little like Oathbringer, where he has few point chapters from mm -hmm. some of them. Could see that happening, but in general, it does feel like, and he talked about it in one of the annotations, uh, Brent talked about it, that he's stepping or sort of having Bridgeford dissolve as the group mm -hmm. they were. So I feel like we're obviously still going to see the characters, but um, they definitely take less of a of a prominent role. Mm -hmm. uh, Kellen also thinks uh, like in that way and he also thinks about what he'll obviously what he'll do next um, after his retirement and apparently Delena wanted or still wants him to be become an ambassador which mm -hmm. to me it's like really weird why would like Kellen doesn't strike me as a real people person so having him as ambassador might not be the best idea well, I feel like he is actually a people person, but he's not very diplomatic. So, because mm -hmm. he is a natural, like, charismatic leader, like, people want to be with him. They, he inspires them. And you see that even from the very beginning, like some of his first chapters. So, um, maybe Dalinar kind of sees that in him, you know, mm -hmm. wanting to take advantage of that. And then also, since he's originally, you know, dark eyes <laughs> and Dalinar's kind of trying to, change the way things are um maybe he's also wanting to maybe have give kaladin a little bit more uh power as an ambassador mm -hmm. and i guess 
Dallin actually is a perfect example for somebody who is more of a warrior, maybe who doesn't mm -hmm. isn't that diplomatic, who is now in a position where he like he fits very well into it. And I mean, I guess it's part of his Bondsmith stuff as well. But uh, yeah, I guess he could have been an ambassador, but it still would have felt weird to me. I just can't imagine like it, where that one uh, Nata uh, Natan uh, ambassador in. Aunak, I think is his name, in one of the books. Uh, like he's a very different person. I don't feel like Kaladin would. He he'd be feel, feel very frustrated very quickly with uh, these other yeah. proper diplomats. <laughs> Probably get a little hot headed with them. <laughs> <laughs> Keep them on their toes. Mm -hmm. But you know, we see later on in the chapter when Liren is talking to Kaladin. And he's like, oh, you can do this. And it's kind of the same that Dalinar is doing. Like the two dads are trying to lead <laughs> Kaladin into their idea of what he wants to do. And um, yep. I mean, they, they obviously do give him choice and everything, but they're being a little pushy about it. So I can, I can see that with Kaladin thinking about what Dalinar wants him to do and then thinking about what Liren wants him to do. Mm -hmm. kind, of, kind of sad for him. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. I, I feel like, I, like uh, at the very end where Lyrian sort of makes a decision for Kaladin, for one, that moment in, itself felt weird to me, but also mm -hmm. I don't know how, how, how I want to feel about Kaladin being back together with Lyrian in like this sort mm -hmm. of uh, trainer-trainee sort of uh, relationship. I don't. I it definitely won't be going back to what they were like in when Kelton was still a child. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to feel about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I really didn't like Liren's whole "I told you, told you so" thing. Like Kaladin worked up all of this effort to finally admit to his dad, <laughs> and <laughs> and then he's like, "See, I told you, this is what we wanted," and and you just had to see that for yourself and all this. So. It kind of made me feel a little worried about how this relationship is going to keep going. You know, Kaladin is like, yes, yes, I'm going to be, I'm going to work on being a surgeon again. I'm going to go through the training again. And Liren's like, hmm, told you so. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, it's going to have a weird dynamic between yeah, them. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. Just in general also. Uh, Kaladin now, like they have such a different outlook on life at this point. I feel like Liren is still in a lot of ways like he was uh, earlier, but Kaladin went through a lot of development and has changed a lot of his views probably. Like the way mm -hmm. he, um, Hisina is sort of shocked a little how disobedient Kaladin acts towards uh, Light Eyes, and but I mean technically is one. And I mm -hmm. feel like, like Liren also always did that to some extent, but I think he still has a lot more respect for the lighters than Kaladin probably has. And yeah, the dynamic is definitely going to be one. It's almost, it's almost like Liren has more respect for his place's dark eyes than mm -hmm. he does for the light eyes being in power. True, like we yeah. have our place and this is where we're, what, what we're doing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then when um, Hesina was mm -hmm. talking to him, about like, oh, I wonder where you got that from. <laughs> like, she's definitely talking about Lyrin, but I mean, she might have had a little of that in his upbringing on her own shoulders. Yeah, <laughs> you know, she's pretty outspoken, and yeah, 
And I mean, there's still, like, we have Wobs on Hesina, there's more to her heritage than uh, meets the eye at the f uh, first moment. So I feel like, yeah, she has um, a special relationship with Light Eyes, let's just say that. It's definitely both of them expressing themselves in Kaladin, I guess. And yeah, but I really love the banter there, like when they talk, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, you, you, uh, uh, like, like, Lirin doesn't take it seriously, he just chokes back, and that's good to see that they're still an intact family. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, joking is a strong word. <laughs> that was that whole thing was really funny when she was telling um Syl that, you know, they took his heart out and replaced it with a <laughs> clock so he can see how much time everybody's wasting. And he's just like, I don't need a clock to see how much time everybody's wasting. Mm -hmm. And poor Syl is like, What? You have a clock? <laughs> I thought that was really cute. Yep. Just uh Syl and and uh Hesina especially in general together are just uh, so awesome and like how she sits on Hesina's shoulder as well and mm -hmm. like I feel like they the, those two really get along well and um it also was like when he was back in or when they picked them up in Hearthstone they were talking about how uh, uh yeah Kaladin messed it up with Lynn and uh yeah mm. just yeah, and then um, also we see that um, Kaladin and Syl were preparing the home for them, and he was, you know, getting all the things for um, the surgery. And Syl's like, "Well, I picked out the toys because Kaladin would have probably bought him a spear or something dumb." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really cute too, and she was like really excited to make a little space for Oridan and. And even for Hasina, like she was very proud of that. And so mm -hmm. it's really cute that she's accepting them as part of Kaladin's family. It was really fun yep. to see that. It's almost like Kaladin showing his girlfriend to his family <laughs> or something, but instead of a girlfriend, it's his friend. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. Like, there's a lot of that there. And uh, especially like how she thinks of Oradan and uh, like how she prepared the room for him. It really adorable and i mm -hmm. think it might have something to do with like spren they don't really have children like mm. they do have they like how still explains they go away and come back with another spren but mm. i find it's probably really fascinating for them as well to see like a little human being just mm -hmm. uh, being a little human being <laughs> yeah and it probably a baby or a toddler acts a very similar way as still sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, very curious and has kind of a wandering mind. And <laughs> that's yeah. probably really fun for still. They kind of learn things about the world together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As long as Oridan won't put a rat in Kaladin's food, I think. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Although I could definitely see that happening too. Yeah. Poor Kaladin <laughs> in boots, man. Yeah. He always has problems with boots <laughs> that he does yeah but uh, like we also obviously have to talk about them arriving at Eurotheory in the first mm. place and first of mm -hmm. all the journey on the fourth bridge took more than four weeks apparently mm. and like they said something to that effect earlier but actually seeing it taking that long is like wow that is yeah. a long time for like 
the distance from uh, what is Hearthstone to the Shattered Plains isn't that long. So mm-hmm. four weeks seems like a really long time, but and it just makes me wonder how quickly they'll develop faster methods of airborne transportation, I guess. Well, it was an interesting um, comparison, like juxtaposing Kaladin using the Oath Gate, which was instantaneous, and then he lashes himself and flies. So the magical transportation is so fast, and the technological transportation is a lot slower. So it's kind of <laughs> showing that the technology is not quite up with the more mystical ways of doing things quite yet. Yeah. And I mean, I guess like it is a really convoluted form of transportation with like the Charles mm-hmm. uh, drawing the uh, like, weights and stuff like that. It's I hope they come up with a lot um, a better form of transportation over the course oh, of the book. I mean, yeah. You can be sure that they will. Like the Ardents led by Navani are probably like <laughs> working really hard on figuring out how to make it more efficient and quicker. Mm. And then when they did arrive at Rithiru, Rithiru, <laughs> the tower. <laughs> when they did arrive at the tower, and he's showing, uh, Kaladin is showing his parents through the um, the walkways and everything, and they're looking at the strata. They're looking at these like weird pipes that are right in the middle of the walkway and everything. It must be feel so alien and weird to them, you know. Yeah. There's probably not a lot of like cave systems or anything, I would assume. And this is probably like almost feeling like really oppressive with this giant tower and they're walking through these little hallways. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. And like, especially the strata everywhere. Is, I guess they're probably really mesmerizing and uh, mm-hmm. awesome to look at, or beautiful to look at, but they're also really weird. <laughs> Especially mm-hmm. like, uh, like how they talk about oh, uh, how can there be green strata here? And um, apparently, it uh, Hesina th- says it's iron ox or iron causing this or some sort of iron oxide. I have no idea whether that's mm-hmm. plausible or not. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting that she like uh, they are knowledgeable enough to know that. It's also cool. Like they're really um, educated people, uh, mm-hmm. Kellen's parents. Yeah, they're kind of like scientists on their in their own way. <laughs> mm-hmm. I actually found that part really interesting that they were talking specifically about iron. Like it seems like that was a very deliberate conversation that they had. And oh, that yeah. brought me back to the epigraph in chapter 11 where they were talking about iron being used in a Fabril as an attractor. And I was wondering if the strata and the iron and all these different metals weaving through the walls are like parts of a giant Fabriel. That's like my where my mind immediately mm-hmm. went when they were talking about that. I didn't even consider that, but it would make a lot of sense, especially if it's iron and mm-hmm. like an attractor. Maybe that, that is what is keeping the atmosphere uh, mm-hmm. thicker around your through. Or warmer but, and yeah, certain warm and stuff like that. Or something. Yeah. yeah. I really like that idea. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely see I, that, yeah. Because I'm so obsessed with this idea that the cage actually goes through mm-hmm. the Fabriel. It's not just around it, like it's woven through and stuff. So then veins inside the walls of the building definitely makes sense to me as being part of the cage. Yeah. I mean, the, and also like it being veins, like mm-hmm. literal uh, or... Mm-hmm body veins almost mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's 
and uh, the way that they have like this um i don't know tube or whatever it is going all right through the um right through the hallway for one it definitely has uh exudes a lot more urethral was grown in some way vibes mm -hmm. to me because like i mean you if you were an actual architect architect and where to put a hall or something uh, where to build a hallway you wouldn't just put something right in the middle so um yeah i feel like there's definitely more to that than yeah it's yeah well the tower always feels like a heart or something because it's got these chambers it's got you know arteries and vein looking things there's these little um air ducts that they think connect rooms together randomly and stuff. So it just feels like there was something supposed to be going through those, yeah. which I thought was kind of an interesting idea. And then it brought me to, okay, weird <laughs> one here. So when I watch like Jurassic Park and they make the 3D print, the Raptor like vocal cords or whatever, mm -hmm. and he blows through it and it creates the sound. I was like, what if that happens with the tower? Like, what if something goes through <laughs> it and creates like a tone or something? Okay, <laughs> like it's a huge yeah. instrument or something. Uh, but that'd be really awesome. <laughs> and like I was just thinking about that. <laughs> that's that theory actually going around that like the dawn shots are actually instruments or something mm. like that. Oh. So <laughs> Eurythia is just one giant instrument, uh, one giant dawn shot that I mean, it fits the theme of Rochard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially like how um, it's also described as um, these strata, when they end, they sort of slope downward and Caden mm -hmm. describes them almost like lapping waves that also just screams, okay, there, there's rhythms and waves going on here. It's, it's yeah. uh, all sort of sound or I guess wave-based some form so <laughs> and I'm, i wonder like because they, they talk about different varying levels of red in previous chapters mm -hmm. and i'm wondering if that's like different concentrations of metal in in the walls or um something going on there yeah i don't know i have so <laughs> many theories but i don't really know at all <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really hard, I feel, to guess at stuff right now because like we know a lot of stuff, uh, like uh, how it looks externally, but we don't really know how any of it might work. So, yeah, <laughs> but never any will find out for us because she also will ask all these questions for yes. us. So, yes, really thank good. you, Navani. <laughs> But what these sort of like how Kaladin mentioned these rooms that only have one small opening that you could only look through and stuff like that. What it also made me think of is that maybe it's also some stuff to maybe accommodate the spren there because mm. like obviously a spren wouldn't have a problem going through a little hole or mm -hmm. not as much of a problem. So maybe it's in some form like a show of respect to the spren, like they can mm. have their own private spaces. I could I could see that. I was actually thinking like like little creatures or something like if it's <laughs> if it's designed to let um like crumblings go around yeah. or something. <laughs> I mean we we do know that the sleepers were <laughs> okay that's like really crackpot uh land right now but uh we know that the sleepers were affiliated with the Knights Raider in the past mm -hmm. and maybe they used the um 
the hardlings as little, little messengers yeah. and <laughs> it just creeps me out just thinking about it <laughs> it's like they would attach a little uh like, you know pa- slip of paper to them and send them around and that's what this tube for instance is for that just run I mean, around and <laughs> maybe <laughs> But it is true. Like, it's a very weird thing to have, like, a pipe is, going right yeah. in the middle of a walkway, like Kaladin is thinking mm-hmm. in this. So, there, there's, and it seems deliberate, too. Like, it seems yeah. like it needs to be there. If It wouldn't be there if it wasn't supposed to be there, right? Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> I, I have another, but I, I won't. I won't say. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so. The stone, the, like it's actually some sort of skeleton. All these weird structures and uh, oh, like uh, an exoskeleton or something. Yeah, and like the stone just sort of grew around it, grew around <laughs> it, and I don't know. But let's not go there. <laughs> I mean, really, any theory is valid <laughs> until it's <laughs> disproven. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I make her, it's exciting. Make her, mm-hmm. make her would be almost as all, or even more awesome i feel than spaceship you through so it's yes. a creature <laughs> yeah <laughs> of course at the very end we do have kaladin and Gabriel talking about surgery in general and like i was wondering this in general how i guess useless or useful here in felt after he saw the edge dancers and i don't know if i don't think there were truth watchers among them but the edge dance, apart from renarin the edge dancers mm-hmm. healing people in um, hearthstone and it's good to finally see him that he felt really bad about it and felt like his work was pointless now. Um, yeah. But, but uh, Kaladin is, you know, reassuring him, like, there are things that we still need surgeons for. First of all, we only have a few of them, and they're yeah. all in battle, so you need to be here to help other people, you know? And then he also mentioned they can't heal old wounds and and things like that. And they even mentioned earlier in the chapter, they mentioned um, that there's a vaccine for certain diseases. They're developing, like they they infect them with a very weak strain of a disease and it makes them immune to others. So there's all sorts of things that, you know, doctors are needed for. So maybe this will turn it from being, you know, the town surgeon to being more of like a doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, like, I feel like in general we just get to witness a lot of like we have these fabrial advancements and now we get medical advancements and just mm-hmm. in general we see a sort of a lot of scientific um, work being done and uh, them figuring out stuff that is in some ways of, of course parallel to what we have in the real li- in real lives like we have the smallpox a smallpox vaccine mm-hmm. was discovered in a similar way, uh, way mm-hmm. so. Yeah, it's just really cool, I feel, to see all these like, little details that tell us that these people are quite advanced already. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of grounding, like, giving us an idea of where they're at and where they mm-hmm. can go because our own history. Um, and there's a little bit of foreshadowing, I think, in this chapter because Kaladin wouldn't be setting up a whole surgery for Liren and then they're not going <laughs> to use it at the end of the book, you know, yeah. 
So he's going to be going into the surgery and working with Liren and he's going to be learning and everything. And then there's going to be some kind of big tragedy or something that happens and they're going to be using this surgery together. I, this is my prediction. Yeah. I feel like that's, it's, it's setting you up for seeing Kaladin as a surgeon again. Mm -hmm. I just, it also just makes me fear for Liren's death a lot more because <laughs> like we know now that we'll see more of Liren in this book and mm -hmm. Kaladin will be around him. So I think that at least Liren will be in peril at some point mm -hmm. in this book. Um, and, and the fused are making their way towards yeah. them. So yeah, it's kind of all coming to a point at the end of this part. So mm -hmm. Anything else you wanted to talk about in chapter 18? And one final thing maybe is just that was just an interesting tidbit I feel is that there's only three truth watchers right now. Mm. And I'm not even sure if they include Renar in there or not, but it's still like interesting that we already have three of them um, mm. because all the other orders at least seem to be in that, like there are dozens of them by now. Mm -hmm. uh, so I wonder whether the truth watchers when where like, I don't know, they have some problems with bonding or they're still feeling reluctant or what's going on there? Um, my theory about that is, okay, you see mostly Windrunners and even Lightweavers and they both have Kaladin and Shallan and they're pretty good leaders. Like mm -hmm. they, they're kind of, you know, the head of that order at the moment. So... I feel like with the Truth Watchers, we have Renarin, and he's not really, you know, he's not, I don't want to say like a full Truth Watcher, because obviously mm -hmm. he is, but but he's got some weird things going on, basically. Yeah. And so yeah. maybe like Radiant, Knights Radiant is kind of like a contagious thing. Once you get one, <laughs> then they start popping up here and there. And so maybe the fact that Renarin is a little different with his abilities, maybe that's making it a little more difficult to find other truth watchers. Yeah. Uh, Do we know uh, who I the guess, other two truth watchers are? Um, I, oh, I no, I cannot, I cannot remember. I think the stump was a truth watcher. Yeah, the stump is a truth watcher. That's right. She yeah. She isn't uh, that chance. And yeah. she was brought to brought to the tower, mm. I think. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, if there's only three then we already know two so there's only mm -hmm. one left but if Renan is the next one I guess we have mm -hmm. other two to find out but you know, like uh, when you said that maybe it has to do with uh, Gliss and his corruption or his mm -hmm. enlightenment um, I wonder whether maybe the Truth Watchers brand just fear being corrupted like they see that um, Gliss has been affected and maybe they think okay maybe we are more susceptible to this and are mm -hmm. more careful with forming bonds could also see that happening, but yeah, def I yeah. definitely love to see more truth watchers, but I guess not in not yet, not yet. Yeah, it is nice to see that they have a bunch, like a good amount of um, edge dancers. Thirty, mm. I think they said. Yeah, that's that's even, good. They're so. oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, they seem like, in my opinion, the OP like <laughs> <laughs> people like can slide around and heal everybody and like. Slide over here, heal you, slide over here. <laughs> Basically Lucio and... and <laughs> yes, exactly. That yeah. was my main. <laughs> yeah. No, I really like the edge dancers and it's good to see mm. that we have a, a good amount of them. Yep. 
And I mean, it fits with like uh, in one of the in, or like the words of radiance. I think says that usually uh, one village or town had an edge dancer dedicated to it. Mm -hmm. So it feels like they there would be more of them, and like they really go out there and take care of the people. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They're good guys. Definitely. <laughs> All right. That was chapter 18 of Rhythm of War. You can find all these preview chapters at 9 a.m. Eastern time on tour.com. We'll also let you know on 17thshard.com right at 9 o'clock when they come out. And the audiobook chapters are also being released on Brandon Sanderson's YouTube channel. So check those out if you're audiobook preference. And you can come discuss all these chapters with us on our Discord, on the forums, in the comments, wherever you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Bye. See you next week.